Good morning. It's truly a blessing that God has given us to be able to come together and worship him as a spiritual family, uh, to spend time being nourished and equipped by his word. Uh, we do have many who are out today, uh, some who are, who are sick. Uh, I want to mention that group two will be meeting uh, after services uh, to talk over how we can be reaching out and helping one another. Uh, so I encourage you, uh, if you're in that group, to attend that. And in particular, uh, remember Carl and in Brazil uh, over the next several weeks, uh, over the next couple days especially, uh, teaching through some intensive studies through the book of Isaiah. Uh, make sure to keep him in, in your prayers. The health and well-being of this congregation, its unity, its, its love for one another, our edification and growth, is not primarily determined by or reflected in the communication that comes just from this pulpit. Um, it's reflected in a thousand different communications and interactions week by week. Um, us interacting with one another before services even starts, uh, or staying long afterward, talking to one another, uh, going out to eat together, um, getting together for coffee, getting together in people's homes, uh, sending texts and calls, emails, cards, visiting with one another. Um, I, I certainly hope, uh, and it is our, our, our goal and our intent, that the communication that comes from this pulpit is edifying stirs one another up to, to love and good works, helps us be better equipped um, to serve the Lord day by day. Um, but it's not all about the communication that comes from here. Um, the, the growth and well-being of this con congregation is going to happen by every single one of us communicating effectively from day to day. So I thought it would be helpful uh, and appropriate for us to take some time to communicate about communicating. Um, I, I want to look today at 10 rules of communication from the book of Proverbs. And I said 10, we're actually going to look at five today. Um, this is something that, that we looked at uh, several years ago now, uh, but I think it's something worth revisiting. Um, what principles does the Bible give us on how we need to handle expressing our words and thoughts to one another? How can we be better speakers, communicators, maybe even more importantly, better listeners? How can we develop good habits of communication and strengthen our relationships with one another as God intends? Uh, I don't intend today to in any way speak from uh, experience or, or personal wisdom. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I feel like I fall short in this area quite a bit. I'm, I'm going to be stepping on my own toes in many areas. I, I, I've gotten to where I feel more comfortable uh, standing up here and communicating than I used to. Um, but communicating through text, through email, communicating one-on-one, -on -one, communicating across the table for somebody, I, I still feel like I, I've, I struggle with that. Um, sometimes I dread it. Um, and, and I know more times than I can count, uh, I've uh, stumbled in that. Um, and so what we're going to do is, is come together to look at God's word, look at the principles that are, are shown to us by the Lord. Uh, and as I seek to make application of some of these principles myself, I hope that they'll be helpful to you as well. So by God's grace and wisdom, I hope we can leave today a little bit more equipped to handle the challenge of communication in a way that glorifies God. And the first rule that I want us to talk about uh, as far as communication goes is very simple, 
Um, the rule is communicate. There we go. Um, <laughs> this might be kind of like what Proverbs does in Proverbs chapter 4 when it says in verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And whatever you do, uh, get, uh, and whatever you get, get insight. Um, step one is do it, right? As difficult as communication is, it is extremely important that we do it, that we do it well, that we do it consistently. C communication is what relationships are built upon. Uh, and you cannot have good relationships without good communication. Um, good communication equals good relationships. We can't let fear or frustration or hurt feelings or busyness or neglect keep us from reaching out to one another and fostering stronger relationships through communication. Uh, a church that works well together is a church that communicates well with one another. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 that uh, Luke just read to us says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue can do great damage. Uh, we talk about James 3. It's, it's a, a great fire that can cause a, a great deal of damage that's set on fire by hell. But it can also do great good. And those who are going to experience that good, we're told there in Proverbs 18 verse 21, are those who love it. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I hate communicating. <laughs> sometimes I dread it. I, I don't like having to, you know, compose some, some text or some email. I don't like having to, to talk about difficult things sometimes to initiate difficult conversations. But, but God tells me I, I shouldn't hate it. I shouldn't dread it. I should love it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, Proverbs will have a lot to say about when not to speak and how not to speak, but we shouldn't get the wrong idea. There is a big difference between simply avoiding bad communication and, and pursuing and cultivating good communication. Uh, we need to be people who are prioritizing communicating with one another and are putting a great deal of effort eagerly working at communicating. Active communication is essential to build the kind of relationships that God wants us to have with one another um, and to help this body to grow being knit together in love. It's especially essential uh, to communicate when there is conflict and when there is misunderstanding. Sometimes those are the last times we want to communicate. When, when tensions are high, when there's some, some drama going on, when, when somebody's hurt my feelings, many times our reaction is not to want to communicate. But that is indeed what is most important. Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, verse 23 and 24. Here Jesus tells us, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. You know, it's good and right that we emphasize a great deal the importance of the assembly and the worship that we offer to the Lord here. His design for us to come together 
um, and offer praise alongside each other. Um, but you know what God puts more importance on than the acts of worship that we do here in this building, the bringing our, our sacrifice to the altar, um, making things right with our brethren, communicating through conflict, reaching reconciliation. Um, in fact, if you know today that you have said or done something hurtful that has not been resolved, God would say, leave your gift at the altar. Go make that right. That's how important it is. And so God desires that, that when there is misunderstanding, when there is communication, we be people who are eager and diligent to work through that. Matthew 18 and verse 15 gives us the other side of that situation. It says here in Matthew 18 verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Do you notice something there when you compare those two passages, Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 18? Who is the one who has the responsibility? You know, if I've done something against my brother, or if he's done something against me, sometimes we think, well, well, but he's the one who needs to come to me. They, they need to, to be the one to, to make this right. I'm just going to wait here until they say something. That's not what God says. God says it doesn't matter what side of that equation you're on. If, if you have done something against your brother and you know they have something against you, um, wh- whether that's legitimate or not, if they have something against you, you be diligent to reach out and make that right. Um, or if your brother has sinned against you, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to reach out, to be the one who initiates that communication. Um, And yet so often the reason we give for not talking to someone is the very reason that God gives that we need to talk to them. (laughs) If if there's some misunderstanding, some hurt feelings, that is not a reason not to talk. That is the reason you need to talk. You need to communicate and reach out. Um, I want us to encourage us to ingrain something in the culture of this congregation. Um, And I think it is something um, that that we we practice, but I want to make sure that that we put it in the forefront and think about it. If if anyone ever comes to you talking about what so-and-so did or what so-and-so said, the first question that any of us needs to ask is, have you talked to them about it? And if the answer is no, then the conversation ends right there. If the answer is, is yes, um, but it's still not resolved, then the next question we need to ask is, okay, how can I help, right? That there is no profit in d- discussing, uh, you know, the, the, the things that, that this person did against me if I haven't gone to them and talked to them about it. That's what God tells me that I need to do is first and foremost, I need to try to make things right with them. Now, maybe, and we see this in Matthew 18, I'm going to need the help of some other brother. Maybe I'm going to need their counsel. I'm going to need their support. Maybe I'm going to need them to, to mediate uh, and, and help in resolving that conflict. That's appropriate. But first and foremost, God has given me a responsibility to reach out to them. Um, let's make sure that that is, is how we, uh, we think about this. Good, communi- good communication doesn't happen by talking uh, to Jason about Grady or to Mike about Grady or, or, or to Jerome about Grady. It, talking, it happens by talking to Grady about Grady, <laughs> um, even if it's something that I don't want to hear, even if it's, if it's something that's going to be hard. We need 
to be having that kind of communication. Communication, even when it's hard, maybe in fact when it's hard, um, is most important. But along with that, uh, we need to listen first. Good communication, many times we think, is about speaking well. Um, But that's really not where it starts. Good communication starts with the ears, not the mouth. James 1 and verse 19, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Where does it start? It starts with our ears and waiting on our mouth, being slow to speak. If you want to become a good communicator, first and foremost, you need to focus on becoming a good listener. This is something that I struggle with. Uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Proverbs 21 and verse 28, A false witness will perish, but the word of a man who hears will endure. Uh, The NIV translates that, A careful listener will testify successfully. How is his testimony going to be effective? How is what he says going to endure? If he has first heard, if he has first listened. When our words are informed, properly informed, thoroughly informed by first listening, then and only then will they be truly effective. Um, The effectiveness of our words in any given situation is going to depend greatly on how well and how thoroughly we have first listened to the words of others. It's easy to respond to what we think somebody is saying. Maybe we hear the first few words, we get a picture in our mind of what it is that they're they're expressing, and then we respond to that. Instead of stopping and taking the time to truly listen and try to understand what it is that they're saying. We, We often think that good communication is about being able to finish one another's sentences. Right? Two people that can finish one another's sentence. That's really good communication. Uh, truly good communication is letting each other finish their sentences and listening to it. Aaron and I get in trouble with this um, where we, we, we try to finish each other's sentences. And about the, the second or third attempt, sometimes we have to say, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence. Um, I, I'm uh, as, as guilty as anybody in, in doing this. Um, but, but we need to take the time, invest the energy and attention into listening first and foremost. Listening well is part of showing love. It's part of selfless consideration for others. Consider Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, as we talk about being unified with one another, it it gives us the the attitude that should be the basis of that unity. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility of mind, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Sometimes we have a hard time listening because we're really more interested in what's on our mind and what we would like to express and what we would like to say than what's on someone else's mind. Um, Every conversation we enter into, let's enter with the goal of learning more about what's going on in someone else's life, what's going on in their heart, 
seeking their interests, treating them as more significant. That's the heart of Jesus. He goes on in Philippians 2 and verse 5 to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Lord, as much as what is in his mind is more important than anything that that we could offer, has shown us selfless consideration by putting our interest above his own. Um, We need to have that kind of heart. We need uh, to to put in the the hard work, to put in the practice, uh, to learn how to ask good questions, how to pay close attention to what someone is saying. Um, We need to commit to always listening first and speaking last. And so if you want to improve in communication, it has to start here. Uh, Don't think that it's about becoming more eloquent. It's about being able to better express your thoughts. It first and foremost is about being able to better process and understand the thoughts of other people, uh, even as they may struggle to communicate them. Thirdly, um, one of the areas that we struggle most to listen, as we talk about becoming good listeners, sometimes one of the, the deepest struggles in that is listening to correction when the topic of discussion is something that I've done wrong. Um, We've talked about the necessity of communication in these situations, though Matthew 5, Matthew 18, sometimes that's the most important time to communicate and certainly the most important time to listen. Um, And there's perhaps no principle in the book of Proverbs that is emphasized more about communication than the importance of accepting, valuing, and welcoming rebuke. Uh, in a brief survey of the book, I found over 20 verses about this topic directly. Let me look at just a few of them. Proverbs 12 and verse 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Do we love discipline and reproof? Or are we more inclined to hate it? To, to kick back against it, to want that to be the last topic of conversation uh, that, that we would enjoy engaging in. We, we need to cultivate a, a joy and appreciation for conversations that are about things that we've done wrong and about things that, that we need to grow in and change. That's not natural, but that's what wisdom does. Proverbs 17 and verse 10, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. How deep does correction go into our hearts? Do we welcome it in? Do do we let it penetrate deep? Do we let it change us deeply? Or do we kind of repel it at the surface, surface, harden ourselves against it? Um, Is that something that, that we are allowing to work in us and work deeply? Proverbs 25 and verse 12. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. A gold ring, an ornament of gold. Do we value reproof in that way? Do we see it as a precious gift or as kind of an unwelcome intrusion? When people approach us about areas that we need to grow, maybe we feel like, you know, but, but I'm doing everything that I can. These people, these people just don't understand what, what it is that I'm, I'm working on, what it is that I'm going through. We, we still need to 
find value in that, find appreciation that somebody is willing to talk to us about something that they, they perceive we, we need to change and grow in. Um, we need to be eager to listen to that. It, it's not really natural for us to love discipline and welcome creation. We, we don't like to face our mistakes or admit our failures. It's not naturally enjoyable to us. Um, it's, it's not enjoyable for us to think about that ourselves. It's even less enjoyable when, when we have somebody else pointed out to us. But if we're ever going to grow, we need to learn to welcome correction. Uh, growth does not happen by talking about all the things that we're doing good. <laughs> uh, all the areas where, where we have it figured out. Growth happens by uh, allowing the topic of conversation to be directed towards things that we need to change. Um, you know, I, I know there's been times where I've, I've preached sermons um, and I've had people come up to me after and say, did you preach that to me? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that the, the question, uh, the response that, that I appreciate a lot more is when somebody says, thank you for that sermon. I really needed it, right? It's the same thing. It's, it's, I recognize that applies to what's going on in my life, but, but, but what's the attitude? Is it, I am so thankful that you address something that applied directly to me? Or is it a, are, are, are you talking to me uh, kind of way? We, we need to be eager to talk about the topics that are gonna step on our toes. Um, and, and I assure you, uh, I, I find myself doing that today. Uh, let's resolve to have the attitude of David. Psalm 141 and verse five. Psalm 141 and verse five, David says, let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Do, do we see others uh, initiating conversations about correcting us as oil on our heads, as, as, as a blessed gift, uh, as a kindness? Or do we see it as them expressing some type of animosity towards us? Do we see it as an attack? Um, we need to learn to value it and be thankful for it. Um, maybe we need to, to pray that prayer more often. Uh, let the righteous strike me <laughs> and let me view it as a kindness. Um, and, in fact, many, many times if I'm going to, to lead a prayer in, in a sermon, I wait until the very end. Let, let's go ahead and pause and, and pray together at this very moment. Um, if you bow with me. Heavenly Father, we recognize uh, that it is so difficult for us um, to have listening ears when it comes to areas where we recognize we're failing and struggling, uh, where we're, we recognize we need to change. But Lord, we know that we need to welcome that. Uh, we need the, the righteous to, to strike us in love. Um, help us not to kick back against that. Help us not to harden our hearts against that. Help us to... Be, be eager to allow um, your word uh, and your people uh, to, to address the things in our lives that, that we need to grow in, uh, that we need to develop. Uh, that's so unnatural for us. Help us to, to cultivate a heart that, that is more eager to be corrected, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We're talking a lot about listening here before words ever come out of our mind, uh, out of our mouth. And along those lines, uh, we need to take time to think 
before we speak. Most times our words get us in trouble, not because we've thought about them long and hard and finally end up choosing to say the wrong thing. Most of the time when our words get us in trouble, it's because we blurted something out in the spur of the moment uh, and didn't think it through. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28 says, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Do we do more pondering in our communication or more pouring forth in our communication? Um, the, the righteous, the wise are going to do a great deal of thinking about what it is they're communicating before they ever open their mouths. Proverbs 29 and verse 20, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. You know, if you've ever read through the book of Proverbs, when you hear the fool you should already have a, a very negative picture um, uh, of all the consequences of, of folly. Um, but here to say there is more hope for a fool than for him. There's more hope for a fool than somebody who is hasty in his words. That, that's a pretty bleak picture. Um, that the, he was, is worse off than a fool. And so we need to be very cautious that we are slow to speak, never hasty in speech. And especially when there is conflict, especially when emotions are high, it's tempting to want to fire back a response. Uh, society tells us that a quick comeback, you know, has the, the most power, the most effect. Um, hitting while the iron is hot may be good advice when it comes to metallurgy. Um, or business opportunities, but it is not good advice when it comes to communication. Um, we, we need to take the time to make sure that, that our response is not some quick comeback, um, but a well-thought-out, even-tempered response. Um, not allowing our emotions to just kind of boil over. A quick comeback does more to stir up the pot and deepen rifts between people rather than help to resolve conflict. Maybe it helps us feel good. Like we really got them. We really said what they needed to hear. Um, but it does not help promote the kind of relationships that God intends for us to have. Proverbs 26, verse 20 through 21 uh, says, For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Uh, we need not to continue to stoke the fires of that conflict. Uh, we need to allow that fire, those emotions to subside um, so that we can have our spirit under control before we speak. Uh, we've talked about how it is extremely important to communicate in conflict, right? Matthew 5, Matthew 18, we need to talk about difficult things, but we need to make sure that we have taken the time to, to first think and pray about those difficult things, to make sure that what we're saying is governed by wisdom and not simply by emotion. As we already referenced James 1 and verse 19, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Later on in that same chapter, he says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It's not that the tongue is a bad thing. Uh, the power of life and death are in the tongue, but it has to be a power that is restrained. Uh, 
a power that is under control, that, that we are bridling with wisdom and holding back and directing in the proper way. We can't just let it loose. Uh, it has to be gently and slowly guided in the right direction. And closely related with that, the, the fifth point that I want us to look at today is to know when to simply be quiet. Uh, Taking time to ponder instead of pouring forth at times may help us realize that we're just better off being silent. Um, that what it is that we felt so passionately that needed to be said actually doesn't need to be said at all. Proverbs 11 and verse 12 says, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Proverbs 17 verse 27 and 28, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Proverbs 29 and verse 11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. You know, we often talk about venting our feelings. It's easy when our emotions are stirred up to want to just pour forth our thoughts to someone, to complain, to gossip, to just kind of let it loose. Um, we feel like those emotions are built up and we, we need some outlet uh, to, to not have to hold our tongues back. You know, if, if I could just have a, a few moments where I don't have to bridle my tongue and I can just say kind of whatever's on my mind, that'll, that'll make me feel so much better. It, it may make you feel better, right? It, it may be true that it is going to be much more difficult for you to continue to restrain those emotions until uh, you, you can properly handle them and, and speak in a way that's going to be most profitable. That, that's not the easy path. But while it may make you feel a lot better to vent those feelings, that is not going to foster the kind of relationships or the kind of attitudes that God intends for you to have. Um, and so a fool gives full vent to his spirit. It's the wise man, the righteous, who quietly holds its back. It's not just about making us feel better. That, that, that shouldn't be the focus from the very beginning. It's about making sure that the things that we're communicating are actually going to accomplish God's purpose in our, our relationships with one another. Um, while communicating about our feelings and our struggles with others is very important, there is never a time where that doesn't need to be governed by wisdom. We need to be communicating to the right people in the right ways. Um, when somebody has wronged us, we need to communicate to them about it. And it may take some time for us to pray through it, think through how it is that we can properly express what needs to be expressed. Make sure that that's not just coming from selfish emotion. Um, but that's who we need to talk to. Um, maybe we need to seek out the wisdom and support of others as we struggle with certain things. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're not just kind of letting loose and, and gossiping about that situation, that, that we are talking to the people that can genuinely be helpful to that situation um, and doing so with wisdom. There are times where the, the vent is simply blowing in the wrong direction. <laughs> and so we need to shut it off. Uh, we, we can vent before the Lord. We see many examples of that. Uh, Psalms where we're pouring forth our emotions uh, to the Lord, uh, recognizing, Lord, this is the way that I'm feeling about this situation. Um, please help me handle that the right way. Uh, please intervene, help mold this situation for your glory. Um, but we need to be very careful about venting uh, to others. 
if I ever find myself tired of holding on to the reins of my tongue and wanting to let it run free, I, I need to go lock it up in the cage. <laughs> that is never a good time for me to let loose. Um, if, if the reason that I'm speaking is because I'm just tired of holding it in, um, then that is never going to be profitable uh, unto God's glory and, and the building of the relationships that God wants us to have. Um, there are just some things that don't need to be said. It doesn't matter how much time or thought we've given them. And so we'll talk more, Lord willing, next week uh, about principles of speaking um, and the things that we actually say. Um, but, but we need to recognize before we, we even let words come out of our mouth, there's a lot of principles that first apply when it comes to communication. We need to listen first, welcome correction, uh, correction take time to think, and know when simply to be quiet. Um, if what I ever say is, is focused solely on my feelings and not focused in any way on what is going to genuinely benefit those around me, or what is going to fulfill God's purposes in my life, uh, then I need to take that to God and leave it with him. So what about you today? Uh, what, what do you see in the mirror as you look at these concepts? Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. But that shouldn't motivate us to want run away from it. Um, as much caution as we need to show, we need to invest some serious effort and time into loving the power of the tongue, that it might be used for God's glory, for the building of relationships as he intends uh, and the furtherance of his purposes. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, we, we need to, to love our tongues, as weird as that may sound, um, like our own special garden and work to cultivate its good fruit uh, each day. Let, let's commit to being better communicators, that our tongues can bear the fruit of life. Let's think about that in our relationships at home, our relationships at work, our relationships out in the world, and certainly our relationships with one another here. Um, how is your communication with, with these people? How is your communication in the relationships that you have? Uh, let's make sure that it's being governed by wisdom, it's being governed by God's wisdom in every aspect. If you're convicted today that you have not been applying this, um, you have not been listening well, you've not been welcoming correction well, and you have allowed yourself to, to speak really out of selfish motives rather than, than selfless and God-focused motives, um, then won't you repent? Won't you bring that to the Lord? Uh, won't you seek his strength to help you handle that uh, in a way that, that will better glorify him? If you need to confess before these brethren uh, your struggle in that, um, if you've sinned against someone, if, if your brother has something against you, Go make that right um, and, and commit to having the kind of heart uh, that, that will welcome whatever correction you need to hear. Um, if we can help you in any way in your relationship with the Lord, uh, that's why we're here. Uh, if you need to come confess before these brethren, we can pray for you. If you need to commit your life to the Lord for the first time and bury the old man of sin in baptism, by God's grace, you can walk in newness of life. If there's any way that we can help you in your relationship with the Lord, won't you make that known by coming forward as we stand and sing together?